What episode is this, Darren? It's got to be 14 or 15. I think it's 16. Is it 16? I don't know. You just Look said a Friday? number that he didn't say. <laughs> That's all it was. I, he didn't even know. He asked me a question. I had no idea. Oh, you're it's sure it's 14? It's got to be 15. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's somewhere 14, in that 15. range. Yeah. It's somewhere in there. Uh, a few weeks ago, we did the behind the scenes on Jerry, your, your perspective on Jerry. And we got mm-hmm. a lot of good feedback. People seem to enjoy hearing, hearing that. Uh, also, a couple of weeks ago, Jimmy was officially inducted into the Hall of Fame. Yeah. And so that's obviously a big deal right now. And a lot of what people said as part of the feedback of, hey, we really enjoyed Jerry, they said, well, what about Jimmy? What, what, what's your opinion? What's your, what's your relationship like mm-hmm. with Jimmy? So everybody knows, I think at this point, the relationship between Jerry and Jimmy, and you had a front row seat, obviously, to that whole drama back in the 90s. You were a player. So I think today what we wanted to talk about is, number one, what's your relationship with Jimmy like? What's your perspective on him? What do you think of him as a coach? But number two, what's your perspective on that whole drama, middle school drama? Well, when I came into the league in 92, Jimmy, you know, had taken over the team in 1989. And I think that was, that was his first year. And his first year, they were 1-15. But, but to go back on Jimmy, Jimmy was – Jimmy coached uh, at the University of Miami. And I think that's where he made his – his name for who he was. And, I, and I'm pretty sure he won on maybe one or two national or champs, two, yeah. championships there. But when you looked at the, those teams in Miami, they were brash, cocky, uh, fighting all the time. Yeah. They blow you out. I mean, absolutely blow you out. I mean, that was, those were, you know, the days where it was the you. And yeah. I think it was Schnellenberger that was there, and then Jimmy came in, and then after that it was uh, – I can't remember who it was after that. 30 that, for 30 but, was wild. Yeah, but just, <laughs> you know, they, they were the, the, the dominant team in, in college football at that time. So he had built his reputation there, took the same attitude to the Dallas Cowboys organization when Jerry brought him in, fired a legend in, in Tom Landry. And if there was anyone that could – Fill that role, backfill that role. I mean, look, Landry was considered one of the greatest, if not the greatest coach of all time. I mean, his winning percentage was similar to I – mean, it took Belichick up to two, a couple of years ago to surpass the winning percentage of, of what Tom Landry had built. So not only was Landry a great legend as a coach, but he was a great community guy mm-hmm. too as well. I mean – is the reason why I, I, I serve on a couple of boards, uh, Make-A-Wish Foundation, the United Way, is because Coach Landry introduced me to Make-A-Wish Foundation as well. But that's, that's the guy he was replacing. And the only person I could think of that could do that was Jimmy because he was so confident. He was so brash in his own, in his own way. And he just had this ability to manipulate the players and put them in the right position and push the right buttons and you know, challenge them the right way. And he got here in his first year in Dallas and went one in fifteen. Team sucked, but he the entire time he never lost faith because he knew he was he needed to bring in his own type of guys. So he started that process in nineteen eighty nine of you know drafting Troy Aikman and um, Michael, Irvin. Michael Irvin drafted Michael Irvin Troy Aikman and then the Emmett Smiths and you know where where Jimmy was really special. And, and I think this is, you know, where people don't realize is back then Jerry wasn't as, ball, as involved with the, with, the, with the team itself. He was more so building 
uh, the global brand of the Dallas Cowboys, bringing in different sponsors or whatnot. So he wasn't at practice. I didn't in 1992. I think I saw Jerry at one practice. Mm-hmm. Just I mean, in, I, I you just you just didn't see him back there because Jimmy ran ran the organization. But what Jimmy did was not only did he draft well in the early rounds, he drafted exceptionally well in the third, fourth, fifth round, the later rounds. I mean, you got the Eric Williams and the Leon Letts and. I mean, the Godfrey Miles. Or, I mean, so many great players came in in those later rounds that, that were backfilling, that were special teams players that uh, played a major role. So that's what, that's what made Jimmy special uh, as far as a drafter. But then on the field, it was the competitive nature, man. I mean, there was no downtime um, at practice. I mean, practice was – and I said it many times. You guys probably heard me say this. There were times – in training camp and then early in the season where practices were harder than the damn games. Mm-hmm. And he kept you on pins and needles because every week was you were fighting for your job, specifically on the defense side of the ball. You're fighting for your job. You may, if you didn't play well, uh, you, may, you, you busted in practice, it was going to cost you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was going to cost you. So you mentioned that Jerry was not – he was still the general manager, yeah. right? So he, was the, he appointed himself that after he bought the team, but – was did Jimmy really have control over personnel Absolutely. those early years? No, it wasn't even close, man. I never Jimmy didn't or Jerry didn't draft. Yeah, Jimmy was the one who handled the scouting department. Jimmy was the, it, it all flowed through him. And when players got cut, there wasn't a conversation that was being. And that's had. what I was going to say. Later he, in the year, oh, if he, he wanted players. to cut someone, he could oh, cut him. He cut him at any time. Okay, I mean, I, I that's what I'm saying. There was no, there was never like a balance of this protocol where he had to go somewhere else to make a decision. Maybe he did if it was a Troy Aikman or if mm. it was somebody a bit. But as far as the team was concerned, I saw him cut players on the spot. Mm. And that was, to us, you knew who was in charge. Yeah. Um, and he would let you know. The guy was like five. I mean, he still is five, seven, five, eight. Uh Tough as freaking nails. Talk so much shit all the time. What What did guys say behind the scenes about him? Well, first, what did you think didn't about like all that that person? Look, I, I've only spent two years. Here's my deal with Jimmy. I didn't have the relationship that a Michael Irvin or Emmett Smith had had with Jimmy because mm. I'd only been there for two years. So all I saw was the hard side of him. Mm-hmm. So you didn't really like him. Uh, I didn't know no, him in a way like I, I think. Yeah, <laughs> you hated you hated his guts. Is what you're saying? No, I, I mean I respected him. I mean I had a, a a ton of respect. I thought he was one of the best coaches I had ever been around, hands down. He at that moment he was the best coach that I ever been around, and and it was the fact of how he was, you know, how he put the team together, how he established the coaching staff, how everything flowed to everything was organized. We knew what we had to do. How he would. You know, he would tell us, first time I ever heard, hey, I don't treat everybody the same. If Troy walks in this meeting late, hey, that's Troy Aikman. Mm-hmm. You walk in the meeting late, I'm cutting your ass. I mean, that's mm-hmm. the first time I, I, I heard something like that. So not everyone's treated equal. Yeah, and yeah. I thought that was awesome, the way, yeah. the, the way he laid things out. But, man, he, he, was, he did the best job of probably any coach I'd ever been around of being able to manipulate really good football players. Mm-hmm. Michael Irvin. Charles Haley, you know, Hall of Famers, uh, Emmett Smith, and, and get on and jump their asses and motivate them and then, you know, watch the final product move away. So what was that line with him 
between fear and motivation with the guys because it, it sounds like he was an artist with no, that it was fear man it I was mean, all fear it was, for me it was all fear based i think it was more motivation to some of the guys the, the other the other veterans okay but for me it was fear and he established that early because when i came in it was hey you want a, you want a job i have no problem cutting second rounders and he would say, tell you that that your job is never safe and so it was, I was I was motivated by the fear of okay hell I came in a second rounder I didn't feel safe at training camp mm-hmm. like I'm gonna bust my ass mm. I remember one conversation he had with me I, I hit somebody at practice one time uh, I think it was Alvin Harper I hit him he ran a slant route my my rookie year and I hit Harper and I it wasn't even a hard hit I think I just ran into him and. Harper was like pissed off about it and might have said something to me. You know, those receivers and, sensitive. And, yeah. And then Jimmy grabs me to the side. He says, Hey, see number 88? He says, You be as physical as hell. He, he's a physical dude, 88, being Michael Irvin. Yeah. Be as physical as you want to be with him. Just, hey, mm-hmm. go at him because he's going to go at you and he's going to talk shit in your face. And yeah, I get it. I understand that. He says, See number 22? And I said, Yeah. He says, Don't hit him. Let him run through the drill. You don't even have to button up. You don't have to do anything with 22. You just let him run through the drill. I said, yeah. He says, you see number eight? And I looked at Troy. And he says, you hit him, I'm going to cut your fucking ass. <laughs> <laughs> Those were his exact words. And I thought, okay. So you just knew where you Noted. stood, man. You just totally knew where you stood That's in the hilarious. organization. He said, he said, Irvin's good. Yeah. Emmett, don't touch him. Yeah. Troy, Troy, I'm, I'm bearing you six feet under You're within five him. feet of him. Yeah. <laughs> Stay away. Get you a bus ticket. That's good. Yeah. You know, what's interesting is you, as you talk about him, you're not mentioning anything about his football knowledge. Mm-hmm. It's all about his management of people. Because see, I think he was the, the great CEO. I thought he was a guy that, that treated the, the organization and his role as a CEO. I mean, I, I don't know a guy who put a coaching staff together like Jimmy. North Turner was his offensive coordinator. Uh, Dave Wonstead was his defensive coordinator. Butch Davis was assistant. And I'm talking, these are guys who all became head coaches in the league. Mm-hmm. Dave Campo. Uh, defensive coordinator, uh, Mike, brought in Mike Zimmer at, at one point, who ended up being uh, a head coach as well. Uh, so many guys that were, that per, were peripheral guys uh, as, as assistant coach, uh, coaches were great leaders. So he led those guys. And there were times when I, my rookie year, when I came in, it was the first time I saw a coach. Because most of the time, when there's a, con, a conflict with coaches, they handle it behind, yeah. you know, in, in a room. My rookie year at training camp, we had a bad practice, and he grabbed, he got all the coaches together, and, man, he went in on them. And we went to – we had a little break after practice. We went back into the, uh, the meeting room, and Dave Campbell said, you know, you guys saw that today, right? And he said, yeah. And we said, yeah he did it on the field. He did it on the field. On the field, went, okay. He's like, I'm not blaming the players. This is y'all's fault mm. that the guys aren't. And Dave Campbell came in that meeting and said, hey, look, shit rolls downhill. So I'm a, I'm a ride y'all's ass yeah. <laughs> all day. I'm not getting fired. You're not getting me fired. Did so, he take ownership personally? Yes. Of, of situations. Yes. We lost games. He took ownership, uh, like extreme ownership in uh, that we weren't prepared. Uh, he didn't prepare us. This is not going to happen again. Uh, we let you down. Myself, the coaching staff. We I, I heard all that early on, and yeah, so. But it was weird, too, because there was a kind of like a psychology to all this as well in the fact that I remember winning games. We, we beat the Minnesota Vikings one time in Minnesota, 
and we handled him pretty good, man. We came and we went into the locker room and he just went in on us. Like went in. We just won the damn game. And then the next day at, you know, we had to run. He ran our asses. We practiced hard and all. I mean, it was brutal. And then that, I think it was that same year we lost to the Rams. The Rams are like the worst team in the NFL. Man, they had won like three games that year. And we were on that path to go to the Super Bowl. And it was like game 10 or 11. They came down to Texas Stadium and kicked our ass. They beat us. But I don't know how they did it. It was like. It's like I was living in a nightmare, man. It's one like, of those dreams. Like, yeah. it's like foggy. It's like not a real yeah. – I, I know those games. Guys are running to the yeah. end zone to score touchdowns, fumble the ball, that yeah. kind of stuff. Yeah. You know, yeah. we, just, we just had one of those days. And after the game, it was, all right, you're off tomorrow. I don't want to see anybody in the locker room. It was the weirdest dynamic. I, we walked in that locker room thinking, oh, shit, we're going to get – He, about to, oh, he roasted us for winning. Nope. Now yeah. what going to do? No. Go on. I don't want to see anybody's face. Which, wow. uh, again, now it's you like guys probably took father. it like, oh, he's so, <laughs> he's so mad. <laughs> this is way worse. Please yell at me. Yeah, yeah just yell at me. Run us. <laughs> Coach, run us, please. Yeah. So, so you guys are winning. Everything's going great. When did you start to uh, realize things were going downhill for, between him and Jerry? Uh, I didn't see it, man. I never saw the dynamics between the two. I, I had heard rumors in my second year. So he got fired. We won the Super Bowl 92, 93. We went back to back. And then that's when the process took. That's when he ended up getting fired or left. I don't know. However, you, <laughs> if he left or they agreed, come to terms or whatever. But um, I had never heard the rumors. Uh, of them having any altercations or any dis- disagreements. And again, look, I was so young in this process, I didn't know the dynamics between the two. I mean, if you ask Michael Irvin, he probably would tell you, yeah. or Troy Aikman, yeah, we saw it coming. Yeah, you know, the you definitely had tunnel vision on yeah. years one and two. Like, I got to do yeah. my job. Exactly. I'm responsible for me. And I know Jimmy, yeah. right? That's all I know is this dude. I don't know the other guy, Jerry. Mm. I know Jimmy, not Jerry. Mm. Jerry doesn't come around. So I'm not so concerned about Jerry. I'm concerned about the little dude, right? Mm-hmm. So, that's, <laughs> you call him that? Hell, hell no, I wouldn't call him that back then. But I, I just that that was that was the case then, and, and as we were playing, and it wasn't until that off season, and I was in Phoenix with my family, and my buddies were calling my mom's landline back then. I was staying at my mom's house, and they're like, "Hey, are you watching the news?" And I'm like, no, what's going on? Jimmy just got fired. That's what I heard. Why does it not surprise me that you were clueless on this whole situation? Because, man, we, the season had ended. Like, you, you, you try to separate yourself yeah. from everything that goes on. Right? I, I wasn't here in Dallas. And it was. Y'all, uh, y'all just won the Super Bowl. We just won the Super so Bowl. So you take pretty much the rest of February off. Yeah. It's like unplugged. Gone. Gone. And the last thing I would ever have thought was right. you just won the Super Bowl. How do you fire your coach? And you're ramped up to win it again mm-hmm. next year. It was that was our our conversation after winning uh, the second Super Bowl in '93. The, the, that conversation the next day was, man, we're about to go three P. Get this other one. Three P. Everybody's coming back. We're about to get this other one. And we were in the moment, man. Like totally understood the history of that moment where we could have been the only the only team in history to go, you know, the three P. And Jimmy gets fired. And all hell breaks loose. And I, I can remember being in Phoenix and hearing about the news. And then Michael Irvin walked into the locker room. And I, I think they still have the video yeah. out there. Yeah, he talked about it when he was on yeah. the show. 
throwing a gar. I'm in Phoenix watching the news, and Mike's throwing a garbage can in the locker room, telling all the cussing out all the reporters, "Get the hell out of here!" You, he blamed them, didn't he? he? Blamed like them for stirring, yeah. stirring it up, and yeah. so personally, because it sounds like the veteran guys who'd been with him for a long time from the start, right? It was it was a different level of relationship that they may have had with Jimmy, but your initial reaction is it upset is it relieved because oh, and i and because i know how i would be i would be relieved like i don't know him that well he's been grinding my bot i'm tired like okay maybe we get someone that's a little more player friendly uh no um i've never won a super bowl either so <laughs> no, yeah. i was about to say that's what makes you and me that's you right. and me yeah <laughs> I, I one i was shocked i couldn't understand why mm-hmm. um and I was asking, trying to ask those questions of why or how could, a, you know, something that's so successful end in this way. Yeah. Like you, you got something great going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, also was living the moment at that time. And I think this is for selfish reasons as well is because I felt like I was really coming into my own as a player. I started to really understand the system, know what what the demands were, what Jimmy expected of me. Cause Jimmy started to have these conversations. Like I could feel that second year, like I was becoming kind of his guy. Yeah. And he would say certain things to me like, Hey, I, you know, like I wouldn't get the game ball. I thought I played damn well in a game, get an interception or cause fumble, do this. And he said, like, I expect that of you. Hmm. You ain't getting the ball. Like I, I started to become a relation. He started to have these yeah. little small one-off talks yeah. So and and I knew the tempo of of practice and with the games and the expectations. So I didn't want to start that all over again. Yeah, man. I wanted to win another Super Bowl. Yeah, uh, I thought we had a chance then to absolutely three peak because I felt like we were the best team in the NFL and, and we were unstoppable. Man, there was an arrogance to that organization back then that we were the best thing since the Steelers in the seventies. And we could match them for 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 who they were back in the seventies. We could dominate the nineties. And for us to to go down that path of losing your head coach, man, I didn't know what I didn't know what the future held after mm-hmm. that. And, you know, who are you going to bring in to deal with all these yeah these guys? Yeah. And you go opposite, totally yeah. opposite. Barry Barry, yeah, yeah, totally yeah and the rest is history. What twenty six years now of mediocrity? No, we end up winning. We lost. Uh, the year Jimmy went uh, left out in '94, and then we came back. That was a good Niners team, though. So, yeah. in 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 your defense, that was no. that was a. I'm not no. saying they were a they better were team. I'm saying they were a good. They're, team. They were a good team, man. I, I I'll, I'll say this: they were, yeah, they were the best team in the league that year, hands down. Because the way we played, we were so up and down, and yeah. we had so much turmoil going on within that locker room. Uh, I even went into that game thinking, yeah, you guys played well. You're in the NFC West. We're in the East. Yeah. We're playing all the big boys every damn week. We're going to go out and throttle your ass. Even though you guys got home field advantage yeah. and you guys look cute. Yeah. We're going to throttle And they beat yeah. the shit out. Well, it was a close game. It, it was a close game. It yeah. was 21 zip in the first half. And then we came back and, and, yeah. and fought to get back into that game. So as we wrap up, what's your relationship with Jimmy today? It's, uh, look, I don't know if we've ever been close. We've had conversations on the phone. Uh, here and there, when I've met, when I've seen him uh, a number of times, he's he's always been just look. J- things really loosened up with Jimmy once he 
once he left and he went to Miami, um, he became more of like a a friend. I mean, he was really wound tight when he mm-hmm. was a coach. Yeah. Uh, here in Dallas. So I didn't really get, again, like personal side. I didn't know him on the personal side. Uh, after he separated himself and then went on to, went to Miami, then went on to Fox, he became more of, damn, he's a good dude. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I got to know him. He was so much more relaxed uh, than what he was as a coach. So um, I, got, I got a ton of respect for him, man. He, he's always been a guy. He's, he's a riverboat gambler. He truly believes in himself. Like one of the first guys, that person, that people that I've met, that's that a firm believer in their own and who they are, uh, and full of confidence. So I got I got a ton of respect for the man, man. He's he deserving of the Hall of Fame. He's way deserving for the, the for the Ring of Honor. That should have been done years ago. Yeah. And that's all pride, man. And I'll, I'll end with this on Jimmy, Hall of Famer, Ring of Honor guy, one of the greatest coaches. To, that I've ever been coached by and, and, and to go down in history. But, you know, when you look at that situation, and this goes for everybody, you know, pride can do you in. And I think if you ask Jimmy and Jerry Jones back then what it was that got in the way, they would say their egos. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a good lesson. Yeah. Because what could have been? What could have been? If yeah. everybody just kind of. Submitted their ego a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Ego's gotten away, man. So, but hey, we yeah. still got three. That's interesting, man. I love the story about the the practice about mm. <laughs> Troy. That's so funny. Oh, man. That's an all timer. Yeah. That's so good. Well, we appreciate you guys. Hope you have a great weekend. We will see you on Sunday.